Um, the three words that I would use to best describe Marcus Church is family, um, passion, and hope. We love Marcus Church and we feel that it's God's calling for us to be here. And I feel that um, serving is very close to God's heart for His people. Uh, people really care, they really uh, uh, want to speak to you and engage with you. And so if you ever need a home, this is actually a home and I found my home here. I'm so happy here. Uh, every Sunday is, is a new, is a new uh, uh, journey that I embark on. We would describe Marcus Church in these three words. Family, belonging, fellowship. The reason for my Marcus Church is that our family is Ons is na aan mekaar en dit is die wonderlikste, wonderlikste kerk waar al bestaan. Van het ek lees, het my leven so verander. En elke persoon wat hier naartoe kom, sy leven word verander. It's like family and I found a lot of healing. Literally when we walked in here, it was just the acceptance, the love, uh, the people, the, the fact that I can come to church with my bike and dressed as I am, um, and not worry about how people would, you know, are they going to accept me, are they not going to accept me. It's just family. Bikerskerk Midrand is my geestelike huis, omdat my familie hier is, my geestelike familie. Well done to the guys. It's amazing how well you guys can read scripts. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But thank you to the team for putting that together. Um, back at church, we really are a family. Isn't that the truth? Um, and I think that that's what I love most about uh, this place is this family. Uh, this morning is what we, what we call Vision Sunday. We have about three of them in a year. And... Um, this morning, heading into Vision Sunday, I, um, you know, you're always wanting to engage with the vision of the church and the values of the church and who are we as a church? Where are we going as a church? What is all of this actually all about? And um, I, I heard this story this week, and I'm going to repeat it. There are a couple of our leaders sitting here who were in the same meeting as me who heard the same story. So they would probably be able to tell it better than me. But for those of you who haven't heard it, this is the story. Um, so there's a story about this, 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 this couple and this young lady. She's just about to inherit a large sum of money from her grandmother. And um, her grandmother, they've just got word that she's pretty much got days to live. Uh, the prognosis isn't good. And um, one of her final wishes is that her only granddaughter will come and spend time with her. We'll come and connect with her and just and just spend some time with her before she passes away. Um, so her her fiance he he desperately wants to get her down to PE to her to her grandmother. Uh, she, he, they live up in in Joburg, uh, but unfortunately he just started a new job, so he can't exactly now go and take a week off to go and be with his fiance down by her grandmother. So what he does is calls up a good friend of his and says, listen here, please, can you, can you take my fiance down to her, her gran, just spend a couple of days down there with them, just take care of her, make sure she's safe, um, and then when they're done, you know, 
you guys can head home. And the friend says, sure, no problem, being a good friend and all. Uh, he says, sure, no problem, I'll, uh, I'll take care of that for you. So that's exactly what happens. He goes down, he's, he, 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 he makes sure that she, she gets down safe. He treats her like gold. He really looks after her so nicely. His friend would have been proud. Um, but during their time together, this guy strikes up a bit of a fancy for this, for this girl. And, and he starts hitting on her. And he starts pursuing her. And he starts engaging with her on that level. And really just drawing attention to himself, kind of, you know, this is what you're missing out on, sort of thing. I know none of you guys have ever done that. But um, by the time they head home, this girl's sold. You know, she's, she's, she's completely over her fiancé, gets home, breaks it off with her fiancé, and now she's with this new dude. But what if, what if this... What if her fiancé had asked a different friend? What if her fiancé had asked a, a different friend? And, and this friend took her down and, and treated her like gold, drove her all the way down, made sure that she was looked after, made sure she was cared for, and really treated her like a princess. And throughout this process, he just keeps speaking into what a catch she has. Just keep speaking into the fact that, that her fiancé is loving, he's kind, he's, he's the best guy this guy knows. Starts relaying personal stories of just, you know, when I was down and when I was struggling through stuff, your fiancé came and he, he dealt with these matters in my life and he really just, you know, he, man, he just loved me through the process and encouraged me through the process. And ultimately, just pumping up her fiancé in front of her all the time. That by the time they get back from this trip, this girl is like ten times more in love with her fiancé than what she was when they left. So two friends, one friend drawing attention to himself and steering the fiancé away from her beloved an old English term sounded great. Second friend, drawing attention off himself and onto her fiance. It's at this point in the story when Jesus would have said something like, Now you tell me, who was the better friend? Because you see, folks, this story really summarizes us as the church, doesn't it? The story summarizes and, and shows us that we are one of those two friends. We are either drawing attention to ourselves when we're engaging with people, when we're engaging with, with the body of Christ. We either, we, we either drawing attention to ourselves and away from God, or we're the other friend. And we deflect all attention off us and onto God. We deflect all praise, all glory. All, we deflect all attention back onto God. I know which friend I'd like to be. How about you? Jesus tells a story. This is a story that Jesus told, not a story that I heard in a meeting. 
Um, Jesus tells a story. He, 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 in the book of Luke, um, I believe it's Luke 14. In Luke 14, Jesus um, tells a story of, of this feast. He actually tells a story of two feasts, back to back, two stories. Um, he tells a story of this feast, and he, he tells a story of this table that is set and this banquet that's going to be had. And he, he tells a story of, he says, when you enter into this banquet, you get the idea that there's a head of the table and that the seats around it are seats of honor. And then the further down you go, like the less important the seats are, if I can put it that way. And he says, when you go into this banquet, don't go and sit in a seat of honor. Because when the, when the master comes, he'll, he'll ask you to go and sit <laughs> in, a, in another seat. And he'll say, the, the seat is reserved for someone else. He says, instead, when you go into the banquet, go to one of the seats that aren't important and when the master of the house comes in he'll notice you there and call you up and say please come and sit in a seat of honor and essentially what Jesus is describing through the story is he's really just describing that those who who lift themselves up God will humble and those that humble themselves God will lift them up then he goes on to tell the second story of the banquet, and this is the one we're actually going to read together, because as he tells that story, some guy in the crowd, he, he kind of mouths off and he goes, man, how incredible wouldn't it be to be in a banquet in the house of God? And Jesus goes on to tell this story in Luke 14, verses 16 to 23. It says this, Jesus replied with this story, a man prepared a great feast and set out many, sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. There's like no explanation there whatsoever. Makes you wonder what sort of woman he married. Let's carry on. This Bless you, brother. <laughs> you okay there, bro? For his next trick, he'll be juggling after the service. Um, glad you're okay, Tian. Yeah, there we go. Yes, Bri, you knocked me for a six day. I've locked my place here. All right, the one married a wife. I think that's where we were, hey? Right, that's it. The servant returned and told the master what they had said. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, he said, There is still more room. So his master said, 
Go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that my house will be full. This morning, as we talk about the vision of the church, as we talk about the existence of this church, the creational purpose for this church, I believe that, that there, there are certain lessons within the scripture that just really jumped out at me as I, as I read it. So if you're looking for a, 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 a point-by-point breakdown of this, of this scripture, it's not going to happen this morning. They're just certain principles that I want to address uh, for the sake of time. Just going to address those. Um, but here's, here's what I, when looking at the vision of our church, this is really what I, what I pick up on. For our, for our visitors, I was hoping to do this right at the end, but I feel like for our visitors it's important. The vision of our church is to bring the unchurched into a lasting relationship with Jesus. To bring the unchurched into a lasting relationship with Jesus. So when we look at that vision and, and, and we look at this, at this parable, the story that Jesus told, he says this. This is what I believe. I believe that we need to stop and consider what was the motivation? What was the master's motivation? What was the intention of the master? What, what, was, what was the motive of the master? It was that his house would be full. Isn't that what it says at the end there? Verse 23, it says, that my house may be full. And I believe that, that as a church, that really sums up to bring the unchurched into a lasting relationship with Jesus. You see, so often we, we have this concept that, that this is the church. We're sitting in the church. It's brick and mortar and carpets. When the truth is that, that the church of Jesus Christ isn't brick and mortar, but the church of Jesus Christ is, is, is flesh and blood and spirit. That's what the church of Jesus Christ is. So isn't that excited? When you leave here today, you, you haven't left the church. Because you haven't left yourself. Because you are the church. I am the church. We are the church. That's one of Earl's lines. Welcome, Earl. Great to have you here, all the way from Durban. Yeah. Earl and Bunny running Bikers Church down in Durban. We bless you guys for the work you guys do. So when we consider the church, that's the truth about who the church is. So when, God, when he says that my house may be full, it's that we may be full. That we may be full in here. And that we may be full together. As a body, collectively, the word there is ecclesia when it talks about church. And it talks about a gathering of people. That this gathering may be full. And it's amazing, you know, we read that portion of scripture and still people said no to the party of the century. If you go and read the story, it, it sounds like it was a big deal. And yet people said no. People came up and, and they made excuses. Verse 18 through 20, they made all sorts of excuses. And I've got to ask myself, why? Why did they say no? And I believe that these excuses are why they said no. You see, the one said, I bought, a, I bought a piece of land. The other one said, I, I bought five sets of, or pairs of oxen. And the other one said, I married a wife. You know, we can't come. 
And, and here's why I believe this is the reason why they couldn't come, is because that's where their focus was. Their focus was on, if we, if we look at, at the land, you know, it's a possession. He said, I've just bought this possession, and I need to go and inspect it. The, the first guy, he was focused on, on his possessions, on what, he, what, he'd, what he'd bought. And this is, this is ultimately what was more important for him than, than anything else in that moment. This was more important than the master or his party. The, the next guy said, you know, I've got the oxen. Work. The next guy was so focused on his work, he was, so, he was so honed in on work, that work was more important than the master. I'm not saying work's wrong. Okay, don't go quit your job tomorrow. <laughs> if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. We need to work. We need to find balance, and we're going to put all of this in, in perspective now. The next person, you know, it was relationship. It was this relationship that, that, that was more important for me than the master. Again, we need good, healthy, strong relationships. What am I trying to say here? At the end of the day, these people all valued these things more than they valued the master. So these things became more important to them than the master, and that's where their focus was. That's where their focus was. See, the, the, the crazy thing about the Word of God is when we look at, at something like Matthew 6.33 where he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these things will be added. You know, what's he really saying? Hey, if you put the master first, if you seek me first, if you put me first, then I'll take care of the land and I'll take care of the oxen and I'll take care of the wife. If you put me first, I'll take care of these things. It doesn't have to take your focus away from me. Let me be your focus and these things will run the way that they should run. Within our lives, when we focus on the master, he takes care of our possessions, he takes care of our work. He takes care of our loved ones. All we need to do is shift our attention to the master and accept his invitation to the party. Accept his invitation to his banquet. Accept his invitation to his table. What am I saying? I'm going to make a statement which might confuse you for two minutes and then I'm going to clarify it. Are you helping prepare the table? You, 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 me. Are we helping prepare the table? I know you're confused now. In Revelation 19, the Word of God paints this picture for us that, that there's something called the marriage feast of the Lamb. And essentially what this is, is that they, they, one day we know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus is coming back for his bride. We as the church are called many things in the Bible. And gentlemen, yes, you are called his bride. As his body, as his family, we are called the bride of Christ. And it says that he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. And when he comes back for us, 
There's going to be this moment where there is going to be this celebration, where there's going to be this party, where there's going to be this huge table with mass amounts of food. And I have no idea. I'm just using my imagination here because from what I read, this, my mind just goes nuts. I'm sure they're even going to be those on the table too. Why? Because I like them. But there's going to be this big feast And as children of God, we will be invited. So there's this big feast. But at the same time, week in and week out, I believe that there are these little feasts that happen all over Gauteng, all over South Africa, all over the world. Little feasts. We're sitting in one right now. We're sitting in this place where, where, where he said, go out and invite them in. Go out and invite them in. And last week we really spoke into that. But go out and invite them in. Oh, but Lord, the, the, they didn't want to come. And they didn't want, I don't care. Then go and invite those in. The people that no one wants, invite them in. Invite them in. And as people walk in and as people are invited in, there's a feast. There's food for the hungry. There's water for the thirsty. There's, there's a seat for the tired. There's, there's good, wholesome conversation for the brokenhearted. Isn't that what it should be all about, folks? Isn't that the feast that we're talking about here today? Think about the first time you came. Isn't that what you received? A smile. Maybe a hug. Maybe you're not a hugger. I know we've got a couple of non-huggers here. But maybe you just received a hug and it, it changed your life. Why? Because it communicated a heart of love that you'd never experienced. So, are we helping prepare the table for the weekly feast? You might say, Ramon, nice try. You work here. That's your job. You get paid. You've got a couple of guys here that work here. That, you know, that's the prof- it's for the professionals. The professionals should be doing that. You know, we, just, we just come to, you know, that's why it's called a service. We've come for service. You know, we've, we've come to be served. I want to read you a scripture. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 verse 12. It says this. So here it does talk about the leadership. It says their responsibility. Whose responsibility? The leadership. Leadership of the church. It says, it says their responsibility is to. And then it shifts. Then it starts talking about, about everyone's responsibility. It says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So it is our responsibility as the leaders of the church to equip every member of this church to be able to build up the body of Christ. I can see that went down like a lead balloon. (laughs) So what am I doing? What What are we doing, folks? What are we doing to prepare the table week in and week out? You see, we said it earlier, one day the groom will come back. Jesus is coming back. There's no doubt about it. 
the word makes it clear for us. Like a thief in the night, he will return. Jesus is coming back for his bride. And there will be this marriage feast. And what part have I played in preparing for this? And, and as I say these words, I believe that's really where our vision kicks in. You know, to bring the unchurched into a lasting relationship with Jesus. Folks, that's on you. That's on me. To bring the unchurched into a lasting relationship. You see, there'll always be people who say no. But that's no reason not to invite. It's you, it's me, to invite, to say to the unwanted, to say to the, to say to your neighbor, to say to your colleague, to say to the, the cashier at the spa, I don't really care who it is. Hey, we're having a feast this Sunday. Would you like to come? To bring the unchurched into a lasting relationship with Jesus. Uh, when I look at our vision, I really, I, I, in my mind's eye, I see this map and I see kind of a destination circled on the, on the map. And for me, that, that destination is bringing the unchurched into a lasting relationship with Jesus. And it's our values that's the compass that navigates us through life and gets us to that vision. And our values as a church is to be found in God, to be formed in community, and to be fruitful in this world. When we talk about being found in God, we talk about being God-centered, Christ-centered, that everything in my life comes from this one central point, and his name is Jesus Christ. When I make a decision in my life, what would Jesus do becomes more than just a little bracelet, being Bible-based, that we take God at his word, that we look at his word and we recognize that everything that he said in there, he meant. Everything from loving us to disciplining us through his love to having a plan and a purpose for our lives and having a plan and a purpose for the people who haven't said yes yet. Being Bible-based, making decisions for our lives based on the Word of God and through His Holy Spirit, being Spirit-led. Secondly, being formed in community. Being formed in community. And today, that's really what we're talking about here, is being formed in community. Being people of integrity. My word is my bond. My yes is my yes. When I say something, you can take it to the bank. You don't have to think to yourself, can I trust this guy? Folks, far too often... We say, yeah, he's a good businessman. He goes to my church and the dude's like, I'm going to find another businessman. Why? Because people have been burnt too often by people who wear a big sticker that says Christian. It's your and my responsibility to change that perception to be people of integrity, that when we say yes, we mean it. 
that we understand that God said, we will give account for every word that we've spoken. Let my yes be my yes and my no be my no, people of integrity. That we're committed to discipleship, committed to discipleship, committed to, to, to walking a road with others, learning from them, following Jesus in them, and allowing other people to follow us as we follow Christ. And they follow the Jesus in us. Committed to discipleship, being devoted to marriage, family, and relationship. Understanding that this is close to God's heart. And he loves marriage, family, and relationship. And, it's, and we are the keepers of that. We are the custodians of those relationships. To be servant leaders. To lead each other in humility and service. Thirdly, fruitful in this world, understanding that everyone is valuable. I don't care about your race. I don't care about your gender. I don't, I don't care about anything regarding you. I care about you. You are valuable. Bottom line. That we need to remain relevant to our times. To be a godly influence in this world. Our values being found being formed, being fruitful. And as we've spoken through our vision, as we've spoken through our values, I believe that all of this is just, it's just a response. It's just a big yes to Jesus' command to love God and love people. And a big resounding yes to his commission telling us to go and make disciples. The worship team's welcome to come back. This morning, as we consider that, that, that story that Jesus told, what's, what's my attention focused on? What's my attention fixed on? Is my attention fixed on... <laughs> On the problems of life, whether they're real or perceived or it doesn't matter. But what is my attention fixed on? What am I focused on? You see, folks, whatever my attention's focused on, that's where I'll be drawing other people's focus to. Remember the story we told right at the beginning about the two friends? The first friend, where was his attention? Where was his focus? Me. What can I get out of it? And because his attention was on himself, he drew the attention of the fiance away from her beloved onto himself. What's my attention on? Was my attention on God? where I really do become the second friend, where I draw the attention away from me and I draw the attention to the one who deserves all the attention. I draw the attention back to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who deserves the attention. And through doing that, showing a a group of people that may not 
naturally feel comfortable walking through the doors of a church that they welcome showing showing a group of people that 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 not just are they welcome but they loved they cared for see because I, I don't know your story but if there's something that I know about your story is that somewhere along the line that happened to you that you may not have felt loved you may not have felt welcomed or invited and somewhere something changed where where someone connected with you someone opened up the invitation or someone displayed a heart of love maybe it was an act of forgiveness or kindness or or whatever it was but there was this moment where you realized you know what I'm not throwaway stuff I'm valued I'm loved I'm cared for I want to commend you as a church if there's one piece of feedback that I get each time I connect with new people who've come to our church it's this when we walked in it felt like home when we walked in we felt welcomed so that's something that 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 there's already a, a flavor of that within our church well done we can always do better isn't that the truth when we ask ourselves this question what am I doing to prepare the table what am I doing to prepare the table have I come for service or have I come to to serve I've used this example before but so often we come to church like this knife fork okay first course let's go so often we come to church like this I believe God's heart for you burns just as much as his heart for me to not come to church like this church like this how can I serve you how can I serve you there's a difference between this and this called humility how can we serve each other in humility see Jesus said this he said he said I resist the proud but I give grace to the humble I resist the proud but I give grace to the humble if you've been struggling in your relationship with God maybe you should check the pride levels maybe that's what God's resisting in your life right now Maybe we need to repent of pride and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for for somewhere along the line thinking it's all about me. Lord, today, I humble myself to you. 
And I say, Lord, come use me any way you want. What happens in that moment? He gives grace. Gives grace to the humble. You've been struggling with stuff. Guess what? His grace is there for you to work through it with Him. Let us serve each other from a point of humility. This morning, you would have found one of these on your seat. Uh, if it's not on your seat, it's on the seat next to the, you. Uh, the, the person sitting next to you is sitting on your form. Um, if you do not have one and you would like to have one, ushers are ready with some forms right now. If you don't have one, you're welcome to just pop up your hand and they'll get one to you. All right. I'm going to keep talking. You pop up your hand and they'll get to you. It's a double-sided form. There are two sides to this form. The first side says, get connected. Get connected. You will see various different little gears on that piece of paper. They range from men's ministry, children's church, youth, ladies' ministry, young adults, discipleship groups, training, family matters, volunteers, CMA. These are all different connect groups within this church that you can go and get connected to so that you can be formed in community. It is vital. The Word of God tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so one brother sharpens another. So there are connect groups. I want to say this. If you've always heard about discipleship and you aren't 100% sure what it's all about and, 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 and. at 11 o'clock after the service we'll probably start a bit early because we're finishing a little early today we are going to be in the boardroom and we're going to be doing kickstart kickstart is essentially kickstarting a discipleship process we're going to be doing kickstart in the, in the boardroom please come and engage with us in a discipleship group then Speaking more into this morning. If you flip the page over, it says there, volunteer and serve. Here are volunteer groups. These are different areas that you can go and serve in humility. Here are different areas where, where we as a body can, can, can stand together and prepare the table for the Sunday morning feast. Everything from ushers, goodies shop, pit stop cafe, hospitality, security, youth ministry, children's church ministry, uh, medical team, multimedia, info desk. On the bottom of this form is a perforated little tear-off slip where you can fill in your details. Now, keep in mind that it's, it's for both sides. So it's for getting connected and then it's also for... Um, volunteering for an area of service this morning if it's if it's on your heart to to move from a serviette to an apron <laughs> then I strongly encourage you fill in that form if you're one of the people who you, you don't just make a decision in the moment but you want to kind of check out all the areas and and bring the form back next week please feel free please feel free but fill in that little form, drop it with our ushers. How are we going to do this, James? 
at the at the info desk at the info desk you can take your slip through to the info desk drop it with the folks at the info desk we'll give you a call during the week and help you get plugged in let me pray for you father god i thank you for this morning lord Lord, I thank you that this morning we could really just connect with your hearts of service, Lord. Lord, I can't help but think of the words of Jesus where he said, the Son of Man did not come to be, to, to be served, but to serve and to lay down his life for many. Lord, I, I thank you that this morning, Lord, we can follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Lord, where we can take up our cross, deny ourselves and, and follow Him. Lord. Lord, where we can come into a place of humility and just say, Lord, how, how do I partner with you? How do I move into that, 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 that stage where I'm a co-laborer with Christ? And come and serve your body, Lord. What area, I've got this form in front of me, Lord, there are all these areas. What area do you want me to get involved in? right there in your seat just be sensitive to the holy spirit if he's prompting you in an area respond to it father god i thank you that we are called your body lord lord that it's not the arm that does all the work lord but father god that we as a body work together for the good of your kingdom lord for the furtherance of your kingdom lord so this morning we commit ourselves to you, Lord, to your good work, Lord, that, 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 uh, that our good works might so shine before men that it doesn't draw attention to ourselves, but that it draws all attention to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, making you more appealing, making you even, even more welcoming to a world who's maybe uncertain of who you are, Lord. May we be your billboards, Lord. May we be your billboards, Lord. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen.